91.5 WHMP. And welcome to the Afternoon Buzz. This is Dan Torres in for Buzz Eisenberg. And we are buzzless. We are buzzless, Dan. <laughs> but Brian gonna, Adams, what's going on today? Well, we're going to break the, 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 the old story that a day without a buzz is a day that never was. But even without buzz, we're going to uh, surge forward with our favorite toy person, Yo-Yo Extraordinaire uh, in the world, uh, Andre Boulay. Andre is the owner for seven years now of the A to Z Science and Learning Toy Store. And we're trying to bring Andre in as we're going to do every holiday season, at least December holiday season, to talk about all things science and learning. Andre, thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me, as always. So um, before we do that, I just have to do one shout-out to a previous guest. Um, Ali Perot, I think that's her last name, was just featured. She was front page of the Gazette a couple days ago. She's a 15-year-old climate activist from East Hampton and had a statewide award for the marvelous climate work that she was doing. And uh, um, our incoming uh, Governor Healy uh, brought her to the Boston Celtics game. And she met the the, uh, Duke and Duchess of, is it York, Dan? We were trying to figure that out. One of those royal... Uh, prince and princess or whatever they, they call themselves. But how cool is that to have our very own climate activist out there hobnobbing with royalty for all the good work that she's doing in terms of... They, they must have heard the show. That's what I'm thinking happened, right? No, so, Andre, we're, you know, um, it's WHMP today. It is the King Charles uh, tomorrow. So be prepared for, <laughs> <Love it. laughs> for where, where you're going Great to. Great things await. Um, uh so, so what's what's going on out there in Toyland? Big sellers? Any new products out there you're particularly enthused about? Uh, yeah, I mean this is this is always our busy season. We kind of plan all year. We always find all the new toys. Uh, you know, February and March, we bring them into the store. We play test them, make sure our staff loves them, and then we decide on what we're really excited about for Christmas and uh, holiday season. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot to love this year. I think. Um, Right when you walk in the store, one of the areas that we've got is a big um, big pedestal of remote-controlled toys right now that we're just, like, having so much fun with. Um, we've got, like, this amazing stunt drone that it's almost like a magical floating orb that you can catch and let go, and it just drifts to people depending on how you point it. Hold um, on. Wait a minute. A stunt dr- uh, drone? Yeah. You can, you can kind of do tricks. You can, like, throw it to yourself. Like, if you toss it into the air at an angle, it'll actually boomerang back to you. Um, but the real fun is honestly like having someone to throw with and, uh, you know, you can, they can go like 20 feet away from you and you just have to slightly angle it towards them and let go and it just magically floats in the air to them and they can catch it and throw it back. And it's just like, it's like a magical moment, even as an adult, when you first see this toy, um, which is the kind of stuff we, we look for. It's like a reminder that, you know. Like you can always play no matter how old you are. So <laughs> I want to be one of the the uh, play testers and get hired by you. To I come mean, in. if you walk into the store, that's always like the goal is we try and put people like toys in people's hands right away and remind them that you can you, you can play. <laughs> so it makes me think of the movie Big, oh, where right. Tom Hanks as an adult but really a kid is Classic. sitting yeah, sitting there on the floor. And, like oh, uh, no matter God. how old you get, you always have a bit of a or ideally you got to rediscover your inner child, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Speaking of old, I am old, and I am a dinosaur. I'm going to have to admit that. Um, and this obsession with electronic games, 
uh, where you know whenever I see kids, they're not they're they're not whenever that's exaggerating and stereotyping, and I shouldn't be doing that. But they're always on their phones. They're always looking at these <laughs> these videos, and and it makes me crazy. I know I'm a dinosaur. I know I should chill and relax a little. But your thoughts on that? Are kids still going after some of these? Classic games, or are they all just oh, yeah. sitting on their phones? I mean, I think actually, like one of the most cool things we've seen happen in the past five years is a real awareness of of that. I think people, you know, for a while when it first came out, it was cool. Everybody was on their phones, and it was normal um, for that to kind of like take over and become an obsession. And it's hard to get kids off of that. Like it's really fun and addictive in that way. Um, but it's all in a balance, you know. You just have to find like it's still fun to do that. Um, and I think a lot of people have gravitated back towards you know especially like one of the things we see is like game nights you know families coming in looking for games to get together and sit down and like you know a lot of times kids will be on video games all night and they recognize the fact that sitting down around a table face to face with their family um can be really fun still and, and sometimes even more fun than you know the video game or the phone and there's a real connection that takes place uh, while you're enjoying that time um so you know for us like we're definitely seeing parents having that awareness and honestly even kids too like coming in and you know like like being excited to play a game with their parents you know regardless of whether they're eight or 12 or in their late teens any specific science related or learning related board games that strike your fancy um i mean for us like we really we we love board games and we really focus on kind of like the strategy side of things you know i mean i wouldn't necessarily throw them into a science uh category but um, you know, learning as everything we saw kind of always has a certain learning angle to it and strategy games specifically um, have a lot of, you know, careful planning and thought and execution in them in terms of like, you know, how are you going to win? There's a lot of different steps and angles. A lot of people know the game Catan as kind of one of the more popular like strategy games that you play, but we've got a huge like you know 40 or 50 titles that the staff has like gone through played and vetted and when you come in uh no matter if your kid is like you know six years old 12 years old whatever like we've got kind of that perfect strategy game for the family to kind of sit down and have fun um it's very much a personality thing though it has to focus on finding something that matches with people's you know whether it's attention span or time or how much time they even just have at night to sit down as a family and some people can play games for hours whereas it needs to be you know a 20 minute game for some people um and you've got a game for everyone i love board games when i win it's because of my skill when i lose it's because i was unlucky sounds about so, right <laughs> yeah you have two kids a five-year-old and a nine-year-old i do what are some of their favorite toys and what are some of their favorites that make you cringe or <laughs> <laughs> run away from the, no more of that oh right i know i mean it's funny i have uh you know my five-year-old loves princesses and dressing up and stuff like that um my son is actually uh my nine-year-old son's really into yo-yos at the moment which has kind of like always been our trademark toy in the store and uh we just had a big yo-yo contest locally um and he competed with all the other kids that are coming to our our huge yo-yo club right now um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of yo-yos are, yo-yos are big for us right now with that and that he's into it. I mean, he still plays video games, uh, like a lot of kids his age. Um, but we always just try and keep a balance on that end of things. Um, we really like to find things that, you know, we can also like play together with them too. Um, we have this great game called concept for kids, which is a, uh, 
It's like almost like I, I'm thinking of an animal like that classic game you would play with your kid, but they did an amazing job creating a larger version of it called Concept where you, you choose picture elements to try and describe instead of using words. Um, that's actually like an adult version of the game, and so they made a kid's version with animal. Um, and there's all these little characteristics, and you have to try and figure out the kid has to kind of say like, okay, is it fast or slow and what kind of color and does it have stripes or spots and stuff? And they describe them all on the board visually. Um, and it's fun no matter, like we've even played with my older adult friends and uh, they're excited to be the ones giving the clues. Um, so it's really neat when you can find a thing that like ties it together for both kids. And my five-year-old can't necessarily yo-yo, but uh, she's she's also trying to learn that too at the same time with a nine-year-old. So. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, we had you on the show about a year ago, and you said that the yo-yo was your favorite science toy. <laughs> and is that just because you're so good at it, or is it really? Does it really teach you science? Uh, yeah, I mean, it. I mean, there is so much science in a yo-yo um, because it spins so fast at the end of the strain. Um, the whole reason you're able to do fancy tricks on it is because it's spinning and the momentum and staying in place. Um, it's kind of like this magical thing and in the past year especially um thanks to social media modern social media like tiktok and instagram um modern yo-yo is kind of taken over and so instead of people coming up to us and asking to see walk the dog um there's a trick called the dna and it's a really cool kind of sciencey trick not only because it's named the dna um but because you throw the yo-yo at a horizontal angle and you actually balance it on your finger while it's spinning horizontally and then you whip the string into it and pull the string up and the spin of the yo-yo actually flips the string into like the form of a DNA and it's this visually beautiful trick but it kind of like iconically shows what is amazing about a yo-yo um, both in terms of mastery of it but also in terms of like the science of spin behind it too um, and yeah it's just it's a great toy and it teaches kids how to learn you know like it's very compartmentalized each trick um, you learn a trick and then you move on and you take that trick and you build on it. And I've always been really impressed with just how well it teaches kids how to learn. You, you know, it relates to all sorts of aspects of life. If you want to learn something, you have to break it into chunks and practice and practice and perfect it and move on. Um, just the perfect toy. <laughs> do the do your kids call your wife Yo-Yo Ma? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, there's never-ending yo-yo puns. And, I bet you know, there are. The ups and downs of life. So let's talk about something else that is, seems to be of real interest lately, and that's space. Mm. Uh, with the James Webb Telescope sending back these awesome images, NASA recently launched that spacecraft that smashed into the asteroid. Totally. What What do you have in the space department for? Uh, yeah, I mean, space is always such a big part of, like, who we are as a store, too. We love, like, the space theme and dino theme, and we always have a pretty strong area in terms of, like, astronomy and, you know, the classic telescopes and stuff. Um, Lego always does a great job having, like, space shuttles that you can build. Um, we usually have a lot of different things, too, just that are visually, you know, making your room feel, like, spacey and, you know, like, exploratory and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's always lots of fun stuff. So moon calendars, <laughs> that's always a classic. So We're talking this afternoon with Andre Boulet, along with his wife, Devin. They own the A to Z Science and Learning Store, Toy Store in Northampton, a marvelous place um, to get that gift for your favorite kid or adult uh, that will not just be fun, but also teach them a thing or two. 
Um, Andre, thanks so much. Stick with us, and we'll be back talking about more toys after this. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. You've watched your father plow the fields with a ram's horn. Sewed it wide with peppercorn and furrowed with a bramble thorn. Reaps it with a sharp and... Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Downtown Sounds? Correct! They go on sale this Friday at 9 a.m. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Downtown Sounds Workers Co-op, a music store with new and used instruments and lessons. Live online or live in person. First lessons free when you buy an instrument. Plus, repairs of musical instruments and equipment. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. The Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Buy a mattress online? There are at least a hundred websites that'll ship you a mattress rolled up like a burrito and stuffed in a box. Wait a minute. You and your mattress will spend seven or eight intimate hours together every night for years. Don't you need more than pixels to know what it actually feels like? Maybe you could just lay on the screen and... Hi, it's Robin from Talon Furniture. We mostly sell therapeutic mattresses at Talon. Not tempur not trying to mislead you. Come to Talon Furniture and lay down on a Therapeutic. I'll leave you alone. You can see how you are together. Therapeutic mattresses are clean. No toxic off-gassing. I've been to the factory in Brockton. Yes, they're made by fellow Red Sox fans. You like eating local? Try sleeping local. Talon delivers and sets it up. We don't just drop a big burrito on your doorstep. You won't have to wrestle it through the kitchen or up the stairs. Talon Furniture, a real store just down the hill from Amherst College. Some people know how to prepare seafood. Seafood's delicate. You don't want a heavy hand. Some people have the touch. Some of those people are in the kitchen at Paul and Elizabeth's Restaurant, where there's a 40-year tradition of preparing seafood, wisdom passed along through the years. That's why when you have fish and chips at Paul and Elizabeth's, or Faroe Island salmon, or tempura shrimp with that light and lively orange ginger sauce, it's perfect every time. Fresh seafood, Paul and Elizabeth's, inside Thorns in downtown Northampton. The holidays, baking, wrapping, decorating, and of course, shopping for that special gift. Hi, it's Jessica, owner of Fitness Together in Amherst and Northampton. This holiday season, consider giving a private one-on-one personal training session with a Fitness Together gift card. Stop by our locations, Amherst or Northampton, to pick one up in person. Or give us a call and we'll drop one in the mail. Give a gift that keeps the ones you love fit and healthy. Happy holidays from all of us at Fitness Together. In this the season of thanks and giving, United Way of Franklin and Hampshire Region wants to remind you to support the organizations and people who are doing the hard work of making our community a better place. Please consider supporting a local nonprofit with a tax-deductible gift this December. If you're not sure how to help, go to uw-fh.org to find a list of United Way vetted partner agencies. The United Way of the Franklin and Hampshire Region asks you to help make the Valley a happier, healthier, and more equitable place for everyone. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And welcome back. We are talking all things toys in this holiday season with Andre Boulay. Andre is the owner, along with his wife, of the A to Z Science 
and Learning Toy Store in Northampton. Um, Andre, what is it about kids and dinosaurs? You now have actual dinosaur bathroom. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not only a dinosaur bathroom, we have a huge mural on the side of our building as well, too, with like a dino floating in space. Um, but the dinosaur bathroom in particular is is quite a sight. Um, and the other bathrooms actually all decorated in, in unicorns. Um, and I mean, you know, though unicorns may not have a scientific background as the dinosaurs. What? Hold on. <laughs> no. Say it ain't so. <laughs> well, we, we can all dream, right? But, That's right. Um yeah, I mean, I think dinosaurs and unicorns, like, it's kind of just the magicalness around that, I feel like, is matches up with childhood real well, where uh, it's just kind of the wonder. Um, and dinosaurs, especially being the fact that they are real and you can look at their fossils and everything, too, I mean, it just never gets old. And I love watching the kids that come in that can kind of rattle off the all the scientific dinosaur names that they've memorized and... Um, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just a special thing about childhood. I feel like that a lot of people go through that, that phase. So very cool. And I understand you saw twin dinosaurs in your store the other day. Mm-hmm. It was a pterodactyls. <laughs> That's a good one. And one of your customers was looking at books and discovered a new dinosaur that is very intelligent. A dinothosaurus. <laughs> is that right? Keep them coming. <laughs> and one more, the only suggestion I'd make is to liven up the holidays and perhaps the stores to bring in a bunch of singing dinosaurs into the store. Have you thought of that? Mm, that's a good idea. It would be a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> uh, Dan, Dan, this is where you have the bong or the gong and gong me. <laughs> this is why I have the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Love it. Um, let's talk about a little more of a serious note. We're facing, obviously, some existential threats, uh, science-based threats these days that are immensely troubling, things like climate change and loss of biodiversity. Um, kids know corona, half their lives have been spent with, with battling the virus. And I don't want to use the word toy, but are there activities out there that, that can help kids make sense of some of these issues and, I don't know, perhaps pique their interest so they would go on and, who knows, even pursue careers in, in, in these fields? Uh, that is a very good question. And I think it's it's funny. It's something that we think about a lot in terms of our place um, as a store where, where kids are coming to pick things out that we very often think about, like, what is the impact of this toy uh, on a kid? And we often even refer to them as, like, being impact toys, which are the toys that make kids think about uh, something that then goes on to, like, become a career and... Um, you know, kind of gets them excited about science and what is possible. Um, and you're right. I think it's like the world is in a very odd, weird kind of place. And if you look for doom and gloom, it's there. But um, if you look for all the positive things that the human race has done, and it's like pretty astounding and amazing and all the discoveries that we continue to do and think about like what is possible next, um, that's the kind of toys and the kind of kids that we really try and focus on because we definitely need those kids <laughs> to be excited about you know science and and finding new ways to make things more efficient uh and you know take care of the climate and move forward and stuff for sure so yeah i mean there's there's amazing amount of you know different kits and stuff that focus on all the things that go into the bigger picture of that you know it's not it's such a big concept too i think it's important to always break it down um and you know climate in general too in terms of like 
the earth and understanding how things are made, um, how things come to be. You know, there's a lot of things that kind of step you through that. And then obviously engineering and kind of making things and chemistry, all of that kind of adds up to a big picture of an actual ability to change the world. So we want kids to grow up and change the world. That's for sure. We had a guest on a few weeks ago, a science, a, um, uh, science guy from UMass, and he called himself a technological optimist, which is, which is really cool. And we talk a lot about climate change on, the, on this show and the need to switch to renewable sources of energy. You must have toys out there that incorporate solar mm-hmm. technology, photovoltaics, solar too. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, we have a great company um, named Thames and Cosmos, and we always kind of recommend to steer people towards that for a lot of kids because they do an exceptional job kind of laying out the instructions and like talking through the important concepts and stuff. And they've always kind of been at the forefront of trying to to do things that kind of keep parts of that in there. So they have a lot of kits with solar panels and you know, creating energy using solar and doing things with it, whether it's like running a motor or, you know, doing just making things move to create chains of effects on other things. Um, and yeah, I mean, they also, they've had like the weather type of climate stuff. Um, and in general too, like they focus on a lot of like, again, the engineering style, robotic style kits and stuff, which all kind of adds up to how we, we handle problems and create solutions. So I was looking on your website, and you had some of the like the top six um, um, suggestions, or six of the top six suggestions. One was a bionic blaster. Oh right, uh, yep, yep. This air-powered robotic a, glove. It's a it's a follow-up to what is one of our favorite toys that they've created, which is the bionic arm, um, and it's like an actual like arm with fingers that all individually move, and it's powered by hydraulics. Um, that you like put together yourself so like you have a little piston and you fill it with water and you attach the tube and the tube attaches to the other end and and actually pulls on all the things that make the finger move individually and you put it all together and you can actually like pick things up with it it's like the hydraulics give you quite a bit of force Um, and yeah it's amazing it's funny I did it with my son last year actually and it was like incredible how much I came away with it just (laughs) re-understanding hydraulics and how you apply it to solve a problem kind of thing. I mean, it's it's incredible amount of engineering uh, knowledge that goes into play. Which oh, is, absolutely. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, toys you don't sell. Toys we don't sell. I mean, you know, we, we don't have your average kind of like video game, computer type game kind of thing like that. We, we definitely focus on the physical. Um, I mean, we do try and always find a balance to things. Like we do have this amazing thing that kind of merges video games with play and, and art where you can actually draw a picture and you can take a picture of the picture you drew and it actually converts it into a playable game like on a on an iPad or something like that where you can actually like, you drew the character, you drew the bad guys, you drew the level and you can actually jump it through the level and stuff like that. Um, so it kind of puts a spin on it, but then it still is kind of a modern type of play. Um, and yeah, I mean, we don't really do guns and stuff like that. We try and keep it, you know, less like, uh, you know, stay away from violent types of focuses. And I am glad about flight, that. So. That's that's what we need to do. <laughs> stay away from guns and stay away from violence. Yep. I assume, Andre, when folks come in the store, they're looking for suggestions. Any one of your associates will help them or point them in the right direction. Oh, yeah. I mean, we spend a lot of time with the staff training, and we also have a form where you can actually fill out and get suggestions over email based on age and, and likes. 
And tell us where the store is and what the hours are. Yep, we're on 57 King Street across from the Hotel Northampton, and we're open from 10 to 6 p.m. <clears throat> Sunday through uh, Wednesday, and 10 to 8 p.m. Thursday through Saturday. Well, there you go. Your place to get science and learning toy stores toys. Uh, we've been talking with Andre Boulay. He is the owner, along with his wife, the A to Z Science and Learning Toy Store. Thank you so much for being with us this yeah, afternoon. Thanks for having me. Stick around, folks. When we come back, it'll be Take 5 with Glenn Siegel talking all things jazz. Stick with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When you grown up, my dear, and are as old as I, you'll laugh and ponder on the years that roll so swiftly by, remember. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The son of a South Hadley man killed in September has been charged for his murder. Prosecutors allege 35-year-old Craig Weiss of South Hadley murdered his father, 70-year-old David Weiss Sr., on September 9th in their shared home on Lawn Street and then attempted to set the house on fire. Weiss is currently being detained at the Hampton County House of Correction on unrelated charges he was arrested for on September 10th in Holyoke. An arraignment will be set at a later date. Officials are investigating an early morning fire that destroyed a Northampton home. Upon arrival, firefighters found two occupants of the home at 325 Kennedy Street in Leeds, out in the front yard, recovering from smoke inhalation. One person was bound to a wheelchair but was able to escape with the help of the other resident. Both occupants were taken to a nearby hospital. Fire officials say there were no hydrants on Kennedy Road or in the area. Amherst, Westfield, Deerfield and Hatfield crews all responded for mutual aid. The Northampton Health Department is urging residents to be careful this holiday season as multiple respiratory illnesses are on the rise. Since Thanksgiving, regular testing of Northampton's wastewater has shown a spike in the level of COVID, indicating more cases throughout the city. Flu cases are also at levels not seen in the last five years. Meanwhile, RSV, a respiratory illness primarily impacting young children, is stressing pediatric hospital capacity at local hospitals. The CDC recently recommended masking when indoors to mitigate the spread of these diseases. Mostly sunny and breezy this afternoon. High temperatures early this afternoon of 46 to 50 will be cooling down for the rest of the day. Mostly clear, breezy tonight. Evening temperatures in the 30s, an overnight low of 20 to 26. Sunny tomorrow, mid to upper 40s. Mostly cloudy and dry on Saturday. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 1015 WHMP. Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. One of the best savings rates in America is another reason banking with Capital One is the easiest decision. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Wow, this is more like it. Mother Nature is throwing open the window of snowmaking and leaving it open. A very long stretch of around-the-clock snowmaking kicks off today, and this is exactly what we need to jumpstart the ski season. Snowmakers will be shoring up open terrain for the weekend, then focusing on getting a bunch of new trails open by next weekend. Add what you said, about a half dozen runs skiing till 7 p.m. every night. Stratton's been grooming all 20 of the open runs each and every night of the week. Killington up near 30 trails now, about a half dozen for Smuggler's Notch and Bretton Woods. Jiminy Peak reopening on the 10th along with 
Burke Mountain. This report brought to you by Smugglers Notch Vermont, America's family resort where family funds guaranteed. Visit smugs.com. Check out more at snowcountry.com. I'm Jason Dean. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. What, what I'm trying to communicate is that there are many, many layers of, of safety management in place at Eversource to ensure that we reduce as much risk as, as possible. Does the Bliss Street Station intentionally vent gas regularly? Because I can tell you that it vents gas. Pretty much every time I've gone to that area, I have smelled gas. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. You've been to the Atlas Farm Store. Have you been to the Atlas Farm Bookstore? So many books at Atlas Farm about nature, farming, fermenting, preserving. Like The Herbalist's Kitchen. Author Brittany lives nearby on her herb farm in Conway. You might run into Brittany shopping at Atlas. The Atlas Farm Bookstore. Books for book lovers, for gardeners, for people who love to cook. Lots of kids' books, too. All with a connection to New England. Because that's what the Atlas Farm Store is all about. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And this is Dan Torres in for Buzz Eisenberg. So it's Thursday, so we have here Take 5 with Glenn Siegel. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. My guest today is Terry Janur, a friend and a musician, writer, visual artist, and educator born and raised in the Bronx to a Puerto Rican and Jamaican family. She has a lifelong commitment to the extended imagination and has performed on five continents. From her early formal training as a violinist and vocalist and a protege of the free jazz movement to her self-taught doll sculptures featured at the Smithsonian Institute to her academic publications and a recently completed novel and a one-woman theater performance, Arts have fueled her passion throughout her life. Holding master's and doctoral degrees in education, Terry was on the graduate faculty at Lesley University for 18 years. She served as the director of the Augusta Savage Gallery at the University of Massachusetts for over three decades. Good afternoon, Terry. Good to see you. Good afternoon. Yeah, it's nice to have you here. Um, it's such an honor to have you here. I used to interview you all the time, and I've produced your concerts over the years, and uh, it's, a, it's a treat to be here at WHMP and Take 5 and talking to you today. I'm so glad you invited me. I'm happy to see you back there at the desk. Yeah, it's nice to yeah. have a microphone in yeah, my yeah. face. Yeah. So let's start with your life as a musician, which is how I first came to know you. Um, tell us about your entry into the world of music, your early training, mentors who shaped your approach. Well, I started out on the violin at about eight uh, in the public schools in the Bronx and um, played uh, European classical, uh, went to the high school of music and art and played classical until... I was in my early 20s, and um, yeah, I, I played guitar, I played folk music, all the protest stuff, Phil Oaks, Buffy St. Marie, you know, I, I loved that era of music, and, and uh, music that said something strong, and so I came out of that, and then moved up here to the Valley after college, and um, began 
another path of improvising Mm -hmm. and uh, got back to my violin. I had lost interest in the violin uh, in college. I was a philosophy major. I really didn't want to play anymore. Uh, I was tired of reading and the uh, European classical um, approach and that curriculum. And I really wanted, when I got up here, I just was so excited to find so many musicians who were experimenting and playing. There were so many clubs up here. We could we could just do gigs all the time. And um, and then I just started up on another path, playing with Archie Shep and some of the, the greats who were here in the valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, Marion Brown was another uh, yeah. early influence, mm-hmm. and uh, your peers, Brandon Ross... Um, Right, Brandon, uh, Steve McRaven, mm-hmm. uh, wow, we Steve Reed, Steve Reed, yeah, mm-hmm. but people up here, yeah, David Wortman, folks mm-hmm. who some of them are gone now, but just uh, it was rich, it was it was exciting, yeah, it is yeah. exciting still, you know, it it changes, but you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I wanted to ask you that was before my I moved to the valley in 1980, so we're talking about. 70s then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 74. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell tell me a little bit more about the scene there then. In the old days, yeah, you mean? Yeah, in the old days, <laughs> in the olden days. <laughs> well, I don't know. We, You know, I got here and <laughs> here, here's a funny story is that I, it, it was uh, the summer after I graduated from college and I was working at a summer camp upstate New York. And uh, one of the counselors up there, we had the same day off. And he said to me, you going back to the city on your day off? I said, nah. He said, are you going back to New York? You know, now that you've finished school, you're going back to New York um, after camp, after this uh, summer program? I said, uh, no. I, you know, I never wanted to go back to New York. You know, if, I don't know. Just never appealed to me. I wanted quiet. I wanted something else. And so he said, you ever been up to Amherst, Massachusetts? No. He said, well, on, on our day off, I'm going up there anyway, so you want to go up? And I said, yeah, sure. So we drove up. That day, I found I loved it. I loved it. I was in the center of Amherst, and I said, I found a job as a secretary for this, this African-American guy who was a Ph.D. student and a photographer, and he, need, he had a little business in town. He needed somebody to help. Got a job as a secretary, found a room in a boarding house, and I'm, we're headed back to, uh, to the camp in New York at the end of the day. And he said, listen, I know somebody over at Hampshire who I went to college with. He's a couple of years older than, than we are. He works at Hampshire. He's, uh, he's got a job over there. It's his first job. And let me introduce you so you at least know somebody. So I, like a year later, he introduced me. A year later, I married the guy. So I found, <laughs> I found a husband. I found place to live, and I found a job in a day. Wow, that's a productive day. And I said, this may be, this is the place I'll mm-hmm, be for a while, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so what brought you to the, so the you were married to Sabir, uh, that's my s- yeah. That's my second husband, <laughs> and the, <laughs> I'm on my third. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. Come on now, Glenn. This is public now. Okay. Well, let's keep it. You know. Yeah. All okay. Right. So, so Kamal introduced you to Ornette Coleman. That's true. Yeah. So my second husband, Kamal Sabir, 
was Ornette Coleman's uh, drummer along with Ornette's son, Donardo. So Ornette had a group called Prime Time. And uh, Kamal was the second drummer in that group uh, for about 10 years. And uh, yeah, so I, I used to sit in the rehearsals just listening and watching, and, and, and I got to know Ornette a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the other heroes of mine that you've worked with include Leroy Jenkins. Uh, yeah. He was a big mentor of yours. Big mentor. He, uh, after I, I stayed here in 74. I was here for maybe an, until 80, 81. I got a master's degree while I was here. Went back to New York for about 10 years, from like 80 to 90. And while I was there, I worked with Leroy for 10 years. He invited me to join his band, and it was a two-violin band, electric band, and an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was really just beginning my trek as an improviser, uh, you know, maybe about five, six, seven years in. And so I could read anything, and so he had a lot of written music, too. And so we would do gigs, and Leroy was a master and an incredible improviser. And so we would do these gigs, and we'd play the head, and then he'd take the first solo. He'd take the first solo just because he was excited. You know, Leroy had a nervous kind of energy, and he would take the first solo, and then he'd point to me, and I was like, oh, man. Yeah, you know, following the, those big footsteps. Big footsteps, but it was it was great, and and it it, it was really an incredible experience. Yeah. yeah, and I want to ask you a question about um, that transition from European classical music to improvising. That's a pretty steep chasm for a lot of people, and a lot of people don't make it. How did how did you negotiate that that uh, change in attitude and? It is. Were you scared to improvise? Were you no, I wasn't. I wasn't afraid because I had buddies who were doing the same thing. They were exploring, and you know, I was the only woman in for a long time in in any of those scenes. And um, I always welcome. I was welcome, and a lot of us were the same age, and we were all doing the same thing. We were trying to figure it out. It wasn't a school. It was. It was really, we would, <laughs> I remember we would go to Steve McRaven. Steve McRaven had a, a little apartment in a basement, and we would meet there. Brandon, Brandon's brother Kevin played bass. Myself, we'd meet down in Steve's apartment. We'd play for hours and hours, just play. Mm. <laughs> get tired, eat, get back and play. And so it was really just, exp- we all would come with whatever ideas and music we had and I think it was just, um, there was nothing to lose. I think a lot of times now there's so much that an artist who's coming up is listening to with the media, with, with uh, you know, all that you can hear online. It's almost daunting and you start comparing and all of that. We didn't have that. So we just, we were, it was a brave kind of scene. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. And, and Steve McRaven's uh, son, Micaiah, who mm. grew up here, he's now making big waves. That's and, right. Uh, in fact, his, uh, you know, best of 2022 records in yeah. the New York Times and so yeah. forth. So, uh, yeah, we miss Steve. He's been in mm. Paris for many, many years. 
So we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back with Terry Shinora in a minute. And I won't know this the is the afternoon buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMT. So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. And I won't feel the flowing of the time when I'm gone. All the pleasures of love will not be mine when I'm gone. My pen won't pour a lyric line when I'm gone. So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here. We speak not of the princes and prelates and periwig charioteers riding triumphantly laureled to lap the fat of the years. Rather, we speak of the maimed, of the halt, of the blind in the rain and the cold. Of these shall my songs be fashioned and tales be told. And we do that every day at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. Welcome the arrival of the new year in the heart of historic Old Deerfield at the Friends of Deerfield Jubilee. On New Year's Eve, we're kicking off a year-long celebration of Deerfield's 350th anniversary. Enjoy a gourmet dinner, cash bar, raffles, and music by the O-Tones of Northampton. Tickets are $100 or $180 for two. For tickets and more information, please visit friendsofdeerfield.org. Thank you to our sponsors, Greenfield Savings Bank, AFI Furnishings, and Ralph's Blacksmith Shop. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you get the best local and organic produce, a butcher shop, wine and cheese shop, fresh seafood, and hundreds of bulk herbs, spices, and more. When you shop at River Valley Co-op, you create hundreds of union jobs and generate over $7 million in purchases from local farms and businesses. River Valley Co-op is your food hub, bringing you the best from around the valley and world while supporting your neighbors and local farmers. Shop River Valley Co-op in Northampton and East Hampton today. RiverValley.com. Co-op. If you're into free, you'll love Greenfield Savings Bank's free checking. Of course, there are no monthly fees and no fees for check or deposit transactions. But that's just the beginning. With GSB free checking, you get free online banking, free e-statements, and free GSB mobile app, which lets you bank from anywhere, anytime, including depositing checks from your mobile device. Plus, GSP Online Banking and the GSP Mobile app come with the free GSP Credit Center where you can get your credit score and credit report for free. And the GSP Mobile app also lets you control your GSP debit card remotely from your mobile device, which also comes free with your GSP free checking account. You can also set up alerts and controls for your free GSP debit card. Open your account online or at any of our offices. And did I mention the free welcome gift when you open your account? Switch to free at Greenfield Savings Bank. Greenfield Savings Bank. GreenfieldSavings.com. Member FDIC. Member DIF. Mobile carrier charges may apply. At American National, we understand the tried and true farm and ranch lifestyle. And what's important to you is important to us. You deserve an insurance plan custom made to meet all the specific needs of your agribusiness operation. American National offers flexible farm and ranch policies with package options to help better protect your livelihood. We're right by your side. For more information and to connect with a local American National agent, just visit AmericanNational.com. American National Property and Casualty Company and Affiliates, Springfield, Missouri. 
This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. This is Glenn Siegel in with Terry Janor on Take 5 on the Afternoon Buzz. And we are um, talking with my good friend and uh, great violinist and vocalist, Terry Janor, who lives in Northfield, Massachusetts. That's correct, right? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk to you about uh, asking you if you would describe for us your way of organizing sound. Like when you're leading an ensemble, what instructions do do you give band members? How much written music do you provide? Um, I th- it depends on the project. Um, the, the amount of written music depends on the project, but I always have a very definite idea of where, of the mood I want and how I want to get there. I use a lot of, um, I use traditional notation. I use um, symbols. I use uh, cues that are of, uh, Vocal cues. Um, I oh, lots of maps. I've used maps. Um, recently, I've been playing with games that I create, um, but it's pretty specific. And I think for me, organizing sound has more to do with choosing the right people than anything else. Uh, as long as I have the right people, I relax and I and and then um, give people space to interpret mm-hmm. yeah yeah one of your recent ensembles that i've had the pleasure of working with includes uh, two bass players a cellist uh drummer pianist and yourselves which is you know out of the ordinary as far as instrumentation is concerned but they're all friends and great improvisers yeah you know how that came about was the uh you the invitation you made to me a couple of years ago to do three consecutive concerts, I said, oh, okay, let me just do three small ensembles. My, a, a trio with two bass, uh, with, excuse me, with a bass and cello, bass, cello, violin. That was one. The second ensemble would be myself, violin and singing, along with piano. And the third concert was going to be, uh, you know, power trio. It was going to be bass, drums, and violin. So after that, I had another, I had another project come along, and I said, "Oh, what am I going to put together?" Oh, gee, I'll, I'll put all, all of those, all five of those people together. It, so it was not anything more than that. I said, "Let me put these five people together." It happened to have two bases, and. Uh, and I knew they were the right people, so it didn't matter what the instrumentation was. I could I could figure everything out from from there once I had the right souls, the mm-hmm. right, right spirits with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful. Well, let's change gears a little bit and um, talk to us about your life as a theater maker. Um, I've seen a number of your plays, and my wife Priscilla Page has. Uh, been a dramaturg for a couple of those projects, uh, Lydia on the Top Floor and My Bronx. Um, tell us how you got into theater. It's funny because I, every time I hear, and I, I don't even call what I do theater because I don't think of myself that way. And I think that the, the works that I've done, 
in the theater and with lights and <laughs> with that theater um, um, identity have more to do with my coming out of the black arts movement and how we worked back then in the 70s, in the early 70s, which was, you know, you have a musician who wants to do something, there's a dancer, there's a poet, and we say, hey, let's do something, and we do something. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I still work that way, and I don't really, so I don't categorize it as theater. Um, I understand that people have, but I have not put my, put that category on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, tell us about Linda McInerney and uh, Egg Tooth Productions. A lot of your work in the Valley over the years has been with her. Right. We, uh, we started working on a project. She was recommended to me as a director, and uh, Priscilla Page was uh, working. The three of us were working together on one of my, my pieces, and after that ended... Linda and I just stayed together. We just gravitated towards each other, and she was um, she has a production company. She was a, uh, a, a she had a master's from UMass and started a production company around that time. I guess maybe a little earlier. And so I have done some projects through her mm -hmm. and continue to. Yeah, 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 beautiful. And um, let's switch gears again because you're such a polymath um your work as a visual artist i've seen your work at ape gallery in northampton and uh and many other places at a3 and amherst um tell us about your work as a visual artist i started making figures out of fabric and found found objects oh around uh, maybe 20 years ago and and uh, continued doing it, and and I don't know, sometime around 2007, I was uh, I got I I was invited to bring some of my work to the um, Smithsonian Museum store and sell through there, and some museums and galleries, and I just enjoy making things. I have to be making things all the time, whether it's music, visual art, poetry. Cooking, I got to be in the kitchen every day. It makes me crazy, but I have to make things, and mm -hmm. that's what that's what keeps me whole and yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah. And you you mentioned writing. You do creative writing, and right. also I run workshops, yeah. uh, creative writing workshops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you balance it all? Like, how do you know when to change your focus from one medium to another? Do you go through stretches? I always know because I check in with myself. I know if it feels like, if it feels right, I go for it. If I, if it's only an idea in my head and it's not a good feeling, I don't do it. So I'm, I've, I've learned how to, to listen to myself, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what phase are you in now? Well, I, I left the university. Uh, I left the uh, Augusta Savage Gallery. That was, you know, it, it was arts management, and it took a lot of my time, and I could only do some of these things piecemeal. And so finally, finally, two years ago when I left, I really started focusing on just making work. So right now I've got uh, a solo show going to come up. I had a work at a museum last year. I have a few 
grants that I've received to compose and I'm wow I'm just I'm I'm feeling amazing this is the best I've felt uh creatively maybe ever mm. maybe ever wow yeah That's so heartening to, yeah. to hear yeah and so um What's next? I saw you uh, at Real Art Ways in Hartford, Connecticut, with that sextet that we talked about, with uh, Avery Sharp and Wayne uh, Smith, Reggie Nicholson, and Angelica Sanchez and Joe Fonda. Um, any any uh, plans for that group to play some more? Hopefully, I you know I'm working on some stuff, but I don't have anything right now. I'll mm -hmm. be with. Uh, some of that group, part of the group, um, at Roulette, in, mm. in uh, not until April, but that's uh, I'm not sure about the sextet yet. Yeah, mm -hmm. beautiful. Roulette is is the gold standard for creative improvised music yeah. in in the United States. I would mm. say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great. It's my great pleasure to have uh, Terry Janor, my guest, on Thank Take Five, you. and uh, continued good luck. Thank you so much, Glenn. Yes. Lo importante es caminar Guardando gratas memorias de todos los que quieren Y cuando el viaje se acabe Como todo lo Que haya vivido the Literacy Project is the place to go if you are an adult looking to improve your reading, writing, and math skills, or if you want help preparing for the high school equivalency exam and preparing for college. To find out about our free classes in Franklin and Hampshire counties, check us out online at literacyproject.org, or call us in Northampton at 413-584-6755. If you want to learn, the Literacy Project is the place for you. Want to make a difference in a big way? Nearly 200 children in Hampshire County are on a waiting list to be matched with adult mentors called Bigs. Children who are matched with mentors Live through local Big Brothers, news Big and Sisters, talk for Northampton and the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton. WHMQ Greenfield. A Northampton Radio Group Station. It's